Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. episode number 30 of the Cultivating Business Growth podcast brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and today we are talking about how to focus on running your business from home. And in addition, Katina Peters is joining me again this week because not only is she a partner and runs this firm, but she also has homeschooled her daughter since the beginning and has some tips for everyone on how she does that and balances everything. Hi, Katina. Hi, Megan. How are you today? Oh, doing okay. You know, taking it minute by minute. Yeah, I don't like, even think day by day anymore. Oh, yeah. Like everybody else right now, I think. Yep. Oh, so we're going to talk about homeschooling and how you manage to do that in addition to running a business because it's a lot. Yes, I'm not going to lie. It is a lot. It's uh, It can be challenging, but it is also doable. So I'm um, just putting that out there as well. So um, I thought maybe we would back up a little bit and talk a little bit uh, in general, not too much on working from home, but a little bit. You know, everybody's a lot of people. I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people are working from home right now, <laughs> um, and especially business owners. And one of the big challenges to make sure um, that you're doing is is having that same work ethic as much as possible and really, you know, uh, staying focused, um, putting the time in. And, and maybe that means you're not putting in the eight to five or whatever your hours normally were if you were used to working in an office. But, um, you know, those hours may need to flex around other schedules, especially if you're homeschooling kids, things like that. So you're up earlier, you're um, working during break times that, that they're on, you're working in the evening, at, you know, later in, uh, after dinner, whatever it takes to still get done what you need to get done and, um, you know, remain professional in doing so and uh, just following through on the commitments that you make to yourself, to your team and, and to your customers. So I think it's something to keep top of mind as well. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, especially, I know, you know, hopefully in a couple weeks or months, we'll see how this plays out, but that work ethic is a little easier. We have that focus to just stay home because everywhere's closed. We can't go anywhere. So <laughs> stay home, get your work done. <laughs> you know, you're not tempted by going out and getting dinner with people or things like that too. So might make it a little easier. Yep. Yep. That's true. You're kind of uh, committed to, you know, just focusing on what you've got going on. Definitely. For sure. Um, so I think, you know, but again, it's just something that, you know, if you work from home uh, or are going to continue, you want to make sure it just, uh, it still takes the same amount of work, whether you're in the office or at home, right? <laughs> so you still right. got to get the work done. Um, yep. And another thing to bring up in that is, um, you know, communication and calendars is the way we put it. So the communication in any circumstance, um, as any business owner knows, is very important. Um, But especially when you're not in the same office with one another, your team members, your customers, your clients, um, you just need to really kind of almost over communicate. You need to make sure that you're really talking to people about what's going on or if something happened to come up, um, 
and making sure that you're just communicating that proactively um, and telling people ahead of time if, you know, something needs to change or what have you, just really letting people know what's going on. Um, so communication is a big deal in a virtual environment. Additionally, I wanted to let you guys know a little bit about we use our calendars uh, quite a bit um, to track, especially these flexible schedules. We were just talking about working late, working late, uh, early, um, having time that you're d- committed to doing homeschooling, let's say. Um, so we use our calendars as a team to block off um, when we're not working so that, you know, if I'm going in to look at calling Megan because I need her help with something, I t- check her calendar to see, first of all, is she you know, got it blocked off, she's got an appointment, or she, you know, has that time slated for spending with her kids to do homeschooling, or whatever the case may be. So utilize those calendars um, as you, with your team to kind of help everybody manage what they need to manage at home. Everybody's schedule typically is going to be different based on what's going on, but it's a really good tool to kind of just keep that communication going in a way that, you know, you don't necessarily have to email back and forth what your whole schedule is, but just get your team to put their schedule on there as much as can be done and having that, working that flexibility into things for people in this time. Yeah. So speaking of calendars, I know you try to stick to a consistent schedule and we wanted to chat a little bit about just giving examples of how we try to schedule our days to make the most of it. And especially for you fitting in that homeschool time, as well. So you want to give everybody an idea of what your typical schedule would be? Um, sure. Yeah. So my typical schedule um, is it's to be up early <laughs> before everybody else, pretty much, um, and to uh, do a little bit of my own time, you know, kind of we talked about mindset and kind of focus. So I, I typically do that first thing in the morning and then I line out um, the tasks that I need to take care of for the day, um, more so work wise, a couple of personal things sometimes, but really on the work schedule, what tasks do I need to keep in the priority list and what things do I have going on so that I'm prepared for the day. And then I jump into emails and I try not to do that first thing, just because you get a little more reactive and you lose your day uh, and what's important to you for the day. So I do the tasks first and then jump into emails and respond to things. So, um, so I spend a little time doing that. And then, um, I do have, uh, I guess my exercising, which is I take the dog for a walk (laughs) in the morning. Um, and then, you know, at that, after that, pretty much I'm, I'm getting my daughter up and going, getting breakfast, going, things like that. Um, and then, I line her out with, um, she's a little bit older, she's eight and a half. So I line her out with the things that she can do on her own for school for the day and give her a little bit of instruction on that. Um, and then, so that's, you know, once probably in the morning as getting her up, getting her going and, and, uh, giving her instruction, kind of getting that to go going together. It's probably about a 45 minute process or so in the morning for, me to take care of. Um, and then I'm back to working while she's doing her work. Um, and she has a timer that she can utilize. So she's to do one worksheet or what have you. And then she sets a 10 minute timer and it goes off in 10 minutes to help her remember she's on a break and she has to go back to working. <laughs> that was our biggest challenge. She's like, I'm taking a break for two hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, having those things in play. Um, so then I, I'm working again, you know, for a while we get lunch and I work a little bit more. Uh, and then I'm usually trying to, to spend more of the afternoon time and it varies, but I try to cut it off around three o'clock or so to really work 
one-on-one with her for the remainder of the schoolwork that we need to get done for a few hours, two to three hours. So, um, so that's, and then of course you go into dinner in the evening and you know, the things that need to be uh, handled. I'm not a great evening worker. I do do a little bit sometimes, but I'm usually pretty done by the evening because I get up early and I tend to prefer my alone time to work in the morning when it's quiet and I don't have other things going on around me as much. So, so that's typical schedule. And I'll get into a little bit more about the homeschooling part of it um, in, in a little bit here, but that's kind of the typical daily schedule. So your schedule mirrors mine in the getting up early and getting things done before people wake up. And this has changed a little bit for me. And I have a, she just turned two and I have a four-year-old that's about to be five. So mine are a little younger um, and my schedule changes pretty much every like six months with nap schedules. <laughs> so it's a little flexible and fluid because it, it, it doesn't stay the same, you know, from right. January to December, it might, I might have completely different schedules because I have to be able to flex with them as they grow and change. And yeah, I remember that. those days I would finally have a schedule down and then they should change it. <laughs> like, no, exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. exactly. Yes. Oh, so sure. it's, you know, it's, Oh, difficult for being consistent, but you know, like we've talked about working from home, you have to be flexible. So getting up early, trying to do that work before anybody's up. And then when, so when I had my second, my oldest had nap time for probably six months after that, and then stopped taking naps. And I had a couple weeks where I was about to pull my hair out because I was like, this isn't going to work. I don't know how... <laughs> I'm going to get stuff done. Now one's <laughs> napping while the other one's up. They're not napping at the same time. Like, so it was just a little bit of chaos for a little bit there. But we, I figured out after some research online that, you know, for your older one, you can do scheduled quiet times. Um, so she'll have like a craft that I set her up with, or we have a little box of activities that she can like trace letters or, you know, that type of thing while my younger one is napping so that I still get that quiet time and I have time to focus. If I have a spreadsheet that I'm working on that needs total focus, you know, you can't really do that as easily with two kids screaming and running around in the background, but I'll get up early, do my alone time, my work. And like you said, try to focus on my checklist. I still do written checklists because it just helps. (laughs) Like actual handwritten long hand. Yeah. Like I like to... (laughs) I, I know everybody loves Trello and I still utilize Trello just to kind of organize thoughts and so that we can collaborate together. But when it comes to like my morning stuff that I have to get done, I'll write it down because for whatever reason, it just helps me. Sure. So I use my written checklists and then I'll hop in the email like you do what I need to do. Hopefully I've had that time while they're still napping and then do breakfast, all that. Um, and then try to incorporate that quiet time or nap time so that I can get what I need to done. And then usually whatever I haven't gotten time for ends up having to wait until, you know, nighttime when they go to bed or the weekend when my husband's home or things like that. And as we were talking about, actually my husband's home now. So the schedule is being thrown off a little bit more now. So it's just, you know, can't emphasize enough the being flexible and just kind of rolling with the punches. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially right now. And I think to, you know, for people that are homeschooling with a mix of children, I think it's important to, you know, think about those nap times and quiet times and implementing those kinds of things. Because, um, you know, uh, people may have older children, but they may have a mix of younger and older and have, you know, have to try to figure out how to coordinate everybody um, in the home. I think that's good to point out for sure. And Pinterest is amazing for figuring out crafts for different ages too. Like if you're having, you're running into a wall for like, oh my gosh, what can my two-year-old even do? You know, I'll just hop on Pinterest and look up crafts for our two-year-old so that I can help my four-year-old work on letters while she's still entertained with something else or, you know, things like that too. So that's another good resource. I know a lot of people know about Pinterest, but don't forget about it. (laughs) Right. No, yeah, it's great. And there's a lot of great just print. Uh, printables that you can print out and you know it's all kind of works done for you in a lot of those situations so um so I think that's yeah a good thing to point out um and they you know you can break it down by age group etc so um so jumping kind of into just the more specifically into the homeschooling um while working from home running a business um you know the first thing to keep in mind is that the approach is going to be a little bit different with younger children than with older children and if you have a mix um I only have one so um I don't have a mix but I I have a lot of other homeschool moms that I talk to that have a mix so I've got a little bit of insight into that um but the first thing to keep in mind um on that is, you know, how much can they do independently and how much do they need help going through? Um, and in my experience, and it, it depends a little bit on when, how, what their reading level is and when they can read really well by themselves, <laughs> um, you know, because obviously you need to read your math word problems to be able to do them. Right. So, um, this last year for us has been a little more independence. Um, now uh, she's able to do some things on her own, like I was talking about. That was not the case last year. Um, last year, I took, you know, approximately three hours a day. So keep in mind, homeschooling does not take all day, typically, um, for younger children, especially. Um, so we would take approximately three hours a day, sometimes a little more with breaks. <laughs> so this is in total. Um, so there yeah. were breaks in there. Um, and we would go through, you know, each of her subjects that we needed to get through and work through things together. Um, and then, like I said, this year, I'm able to break out some of that work and have her do it while I'm working. Um, and then we go into more of the lessons and doing the more complex stuff later in the afternoon. So I think the first thing that you want to know, you know, as a homeschooler, especially if you weren't homeschooled or you haven't been around it a lot, you spent all day in school, but you didn't really spend all day doing school work. <laughs> Everything's going on in school. Um, so the schoolwork itself um, does not need to take, you know, that long. Um, the younger the children, the less time typically it needs to take because they get a little bit older. Even then you're looking at, you know, five, six hours maybe, and that's a pretty intense homeschool schedule. And then you don't have homework also on top of that. So, um, so it's just that. So just keep in mind, you don't have to keep the eight to five school schedule. It can be done, you know, the typical times, maybe in the afternoon to into the evening when they normally would have been doing their homework. Um, you know, so you can break it up uh, to help facilitate your schedule as well when you have to have meetings, et cetera. So if you do have a mix of older and younger, um, again, typically what works well is to get the older ones going on their stuff that they need to do because they can work more independently then spend a little more time, you know, with the younger ones, whether that's in the morning or maybe just slate it for the afternoon and let them have playtime and certain activities, like you said, things that they can go get themselves to do if they want to do um, laying those things out. So there's so there's the first thing to kind of be aware of. I know I was a first time homeschooler. I was raised in public schools. So I have no idea what I was doing when I started. Um, and that really helped me to kind of just keep in perspective that, 
you know, the, the actual school time does not need to be all day long. Um, and so that's something to keep in mind. Also looking at mindset and breaks. So I was sharing with Megan when we were talking about this episode, one of the things that I learned since I was doing school more in the afternoon was that I needed to get my brain out of work mode before I was doing school. Because in my world, you know, efficiency is huge and in anybody's working world, probably most so. So I was very efficient, very efficient, very efficient. Go, go, go. And um, found myself pushing my child a little bit that way. (laughs) And we were clapping a lot. And I was like, okay, I need to get out of work mode and into more where she's at with things. And I need to take about half an hour. That was what worked for me. I need to take about half an hour, step away from work, you know, read something, chill out, whatever the case may be, just not jump right into doing school. Um, so, so keeping that in mind that that's a, totally different. I mean, most of us are not, you know, teachers by profession. I mean, some may be, but you know, this is a new thing for us. Um, and we, we need to treat that differently than we treat work because it's not the same. Um, yeah, and then, a lot yeah, more patience so, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so schedule a break for yourself, and then also giving your, especially younger children, need more breaks. Um, you know, we we do half an hour maybe, and then we need at least a ten minute break. Um, so they're just they don't want to sit still that long. It's for most of them, it's frustrating work sometimes. They need to have that mental time to just you know take a break and step away, um, do a little dance party, something to get their spirits up if they're frustrated. I know I've been doing that. My daughter's learning piano, and she was getting a little frustrated, and it has a little. A piano we has has a little like beatbox setting that you can hit. So we're doing this party in between to kind of Aww. just let go of the frustration. Um, yep. So there's little things that you learn over time, but just make sure that you're you're kind of calculating in those breaks a little bit so the amount of time that you need to go through things. Also, the importance of play and outside time is a big thing. Um, as much as possible, kids, uh, children learn a lot from play, even just playing. Um, so just you know, just don't feel like oh, they're just playing all day and I'm not doing any schoolwork with them and I'm a terrible parent or whatever. Um, it's, it's, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Um, you know, screen time can be good, and but I would also limit it and just let them play and have them play outside. It's Again, it's really good for them to have that availability and that time to do that. So I would definitely slot that as, as you, much as you can as well. And I like, I wanted to bring up the electronic devices. I think that this comes up a lot in homeschooling, and I think that, you know, we all know that, you know, it's probably not best to have them sitting on an electronic device all day, but there's a lot of good things that you can do with that, too. There's a lot of resources available. There's educational videos that can be watching, maybe in the times that they're not, you know, doing the schoolwork. There's, you know, things like um, abcmouse.com or, you know, whatever have you that can help. So I think that they can be utilized for good things. Um and helping them learn and or reinforce their learning. So I think also looking at that and, and not feeling like that's a terrible thing to do, because I as long as it's put in the right direction, I think it can be very useful and, and help when you're needing that time to be in a meeting or what have you, and you can have them doing something still educational um, on something, you know, tablet, iPad, what have you. Um, so I just wanted to bring that out too as a possibility and something that can be helpful too. Planning ahead is a pretty big one for working from home or running a business. Now, um, most people did not get the luxury of planning ahead for this situation. Um, So I think that, you know, as Megan said, that couple of weeks um, is a very realistic um, reaction time, like to adjust 
for things at least a couple of weeks, two to three, I would say. So what I would recommend at this point, especially if you're doing everything 100% yourself and don't have maybe the school doing stuff online, which I know luckily a lot, of, a lot of people do have. But if you don't have that, you know, you need to give yourself some time to figure out what you're going to do, put a plan together for the week, at least a loose plan doesn't have to be exact. Um, and then what I found is doing it, you know, ahead for a semester eventually gets to be good. Now we're not in a semester situation here, but the more you can, for me, the more I could plan ahead and not be stressing out the day, looking at it, trying to figure out what I'm doing every single morning or every single day. Yeah. Cool. Um, taking some time on a weekend day, plan out around what you're going to be doing, have things put together so that it's not a daily stressor was huge for me. Um, mm -hmm. So having that availability, I would say that's a good thing to do for sure, um, to be able to plan ahead for the week for each child, at least loosely. And then that way you're not worrying about every single day, what are you going to do and having to pull everything together? It's a lot of havoc for one day. So that's another good thing. Yeah. I also wanted I like to throw it out there that having a clean house is a myth. Haha. -ha. <laughs> so, um, especially, you know, um, for those of you that have children, that's probably the case, regardless of if they're in school all day or not. Um, yeah. But especially when they're home all day to make a mess for you. <laughs> so, um, now, obviously, we want to give them chores and have them help out and stuff like that. But, you know, give yourself some somewhat of a break if you feel like you're, you know, not able to keep up. Um, it's a lot to keep up with that many people being home all day, messing things up. Um, so I think that that's another area that uh, most people can probably relate to if they have children at all, much less being homeschooled. Mm -hmm. But definitely when they're homeschooled, you know, they're there. You don't have as much time to maybe catch up with them because they're there all day doing stuff. <laughs> funny story about the chore chart. We just got one, a little magnetic one to put on our fridge and Brooklyn was super stoked on it. You know, we wrote out that she was going to help sweep and she was going to help dust and just some little, you know, four-year-old tasks that I know I'm going to have to redo after she does them. But she was so excited about it for probably 48 hours and then hasn't touched it since. So we have to reinstate that <laughs> because now it's like... Okay, now it's just a scribble board on the fridge. So, uh, yep. <laughs> keeping up on it, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things where, oh, cool, this thing, this new exciting yeah. thing, and yeah, no, never mind. Yep, it's it's a bit of a battle, constant battle. Um, I think it's good to be able to tie it into. When you do this, then you can do that. So if there's something they like to get, do, maybe they like playing video games or whatever. Okay, when this is all done, then you can do that. Um, that's a good way to do it. Or maybe a little star chart that they get a, you know, a little something or a little outing or something like that once they have 20 stars <laughs> or whatever. So, yeah. I saw a really cute idea. Somebody set up a little shelving system and it was like a little store. So they could go shopping at the store after they did their chores and every chore that you were using like monopoly money or, you know, a little fake money where they would earn, you know, $25, $50 for each chore. And then like they could earn microwave popcorn or time on the Nintendo or, you know, and each one had a little amount that went along with it, but it was kind of cute the way they had it all set up like a little store and like, okay, here's how you earn it. And then here's where you can spend it. So I thought mm -hmm. that was kind of a good idea. And then the the store hours were when she was trying to work. So she, the mm -hmm. store was open from this time to this time and he could, you know, buy whatever. So and like exercising, he could earn $50 or, you know, whatever it was. So that was kind of, I th thought that was a cool idea. 
yeah, that is an interesting idea for sure. So yeah, there's always that uh, challenge, I think, regardless of <laughs> in school or out of school, getting yeah. getting things accomplished <laughs> for sure. Um, so that's good. Um, we also wanted to share a little bit about our friendly little mute button <laughs> that works wonders when you're working from home and you have children around you and you're trying to be on a conference call, for example. Uh-huh. I think we forgot this on our resource list on our quick guide to working from home. We should add this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably our most used resource as moms working from home. <laughs> yes, definitely. So we always, uh, you'll find that we, when we have uh, team meetings, pretty much everybody has their mute button on unless they're speaking, um, <laughs> just to keep the background noise down in the meetings. So, um, so that's a good thing to uh, utilize. Um, and also kind of keeping that sense of humor going. Um, I think that's an important thing that, uh, we're all trying to do, I'm sure, in these times, but, you know, working from home and uh, having all this going on, I think, too, if, you know, if you can look at it sometimes and not just be serious about it, um, there, you can find a lot more joy and happiness in the crazy things that can go on at home um, around you when you're trying to work. So just keep that in mind, too. Yeah, for sure. So I think one of the things to keep in mind when you're working from home um, and homeschooling or any of those scenarios is what I, I call a flexible structure. I think we all need a structure and plan in place as we talked about kind of what our schedules typically are, those kinds of things, because we want to be able to, if you don't structure anything in, you're definitely not going to get anything done. So you need to have a structure, um, but we want to keep it a flexible structure because in working from home, things things just come up and things change and things are not what you expect. So though you want to have that structure in place and stick to it as much as you can, you also need to know that your plans are going to have to shift um, and they're going to have to shift sometimes on a daily basis. Um, so you just need to keep in mind that you need to keep that flexible structure and, and same thing with homeschooling. That's again, one of the things I had to learn, I had a plan and I was going to get to this plan and I was really set on the plan and, um, and sometimes you just need to loosen up a little bit because <laughs> it's yeah. not going to happen that way. Um, and you need to not beat yourself up on uh, over it constantly. You need to get back on the horse, as they say, and keep riding forward and keep doing what you need to do. Um, but you need to give yourself that flexibility and grace and your children um, and, you know, those around you. So uh, I like the word flexible structure because I think it kind of fits how you need to go about these things. So. Yeah. And I just want to say, too, I think it's, a cool thing that you're doing in putting in all of this work to homeschool too. And I think a lot of people are having a major appreciation for teachers, not that, you know, people don't have an appreciation for teachers in general, but I think it just brings it to the forefront of everything that they do to inspire learning in their kids, you know, inspire that inquisitive nature. And like I was homeschooled, I was one of four that was homeschooled. My mom homeschooled all four of us and I don't know how she did it, but I, I do appreciate the love of learning that I have because of the patience and flexibility and, you know, the, the way that she was able to nurture what I found interesting and not just, well, this is the lesson plan and we're just going to stick to it because, you know, we're going to force you to learn it this way. You know, I still learned what I needed to learn, but it was maybe in a different way than it would have been in public school or, you know, things like that. So I just, there's, there's an appreciation there for homeschooling in general, teachers in general, and just taking the time out to 
try to encourage that in your kids. It's not all about like sticking to this rigid lesson plan. It's about inspiring them to learn, you know, to have a passion for learning, to enjoy the process of learning, not necessarily just to ace a test. So that's right. the other thing. Absolutely. And if they, and if you're able to help them have that passion for learning, then they can go on and learn anything themselves. Um, you know, they need only some basic skills to do that, right? There's so much resources out there for, um, people these days, you know, you can, everything's at your fingertips, um, to learn about. And so definitely they can, can go beyond and do whatever they want to learn about for sure. So I think that's a great thing to, to instill, um, and to encourage in our kids, um, and in ourselves too. We can always keep learning yeah. too, right? <laughs> so, um, so I think, uh, we'll probably put a few links to some resources, um, here in our show notes, um, some different things that you can go to and take a look at if you're looking for, even where to start um, a little bit on this whole homeschooling thing. <laughs> so, cause that is a little bit of a challenge to know, you know, what to begin with. So get some yeah. resources up for you there as well. So there's some actual to do's as well as just a discussion about how, how to go about it. So. Perfect. And as always, we want to encourage you to share this with anyone that you think could benefit anyone who, you know, need some suggested schedules or some resources. Like Katina said, we'll link to those in the show notes for this episode, which can be found at pjscpas.com forward slash three zero. So send us your questions, share with your community, let us know how you're, you're using these tips. Um, we'd love to see, you know, pictures or hear some stories about how you're homeschooling and making it through this. As always, keep that momentum going and we will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.